Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What up, everybody? This is Kevin. I'm John. <laughs> and this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we're taking a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Now, Schwarzenegger, you may know, is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of our most dearly beloved 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down to the needy-greedy. So this is the final chapter of our series on Total Recall. Final round. <laughs> uh, help me catch up. Where are we? Where do we leave off? Oh, my gosh. We, we left off with Quaid and Melina being strapped into recall chairs, being roughed up. Okay. Bolted in this time to be, to be uh, assimilated, as it were. No doubt. They're like, yeah, they're wrestling. The Quaid, Quaid has just been men. informed that he is, in fact, Hauser. He is best friends with Cohagen. It broke his heart to hear this. And that he has been he has been a double, double agent the whole time. Yeah, triple agent or quadruple agent. I've lost track. There's been so many twists and turns yeah, in this been, thing. He's been at least a triple agent this whole time. Um, so, yeah, the technicians, they're wrestling Quaid and Molina into these recall chairs where they're bolted in with these big ass shackles. Um, that's when like Cohagen's telling Quaid, like, don't worry, man, you're going to like being Hauser. And, and, uh, Quaid's like, Hauser's an asshole. And he's like, no, he's not. He's a great guy. He's one of my best friends. He lives in my neighborhood. Like, yeah, we go to whatever we do cookouts together. He's like, he's got a big ass house. He's got a Mercedes and pool. And he's like, and don't worry. You like Melina. That's cool. You can fuck her every night. Oh my God. Cause Melina's so going to be Hauser's babe. It's so sleazy. Who says babe? Uh, I think Cohagen. Cohagen says baby. Yeah, he's Definitely. like, don't worry. She's going to be Hauser's babe. He doesn't know anything about women. That's really. Melina crushes it. She's like, I'll bust his balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then what? Uh, Cohagen says, no, we're going to have you fixed. <laughs> oh, those are his words. That's not horrible. Mine. He essentially says, we are going to make you a sex slave housewife. And uh, that's just like a woman should should be. be. It is. It is terrible. It is awful. Worst. If you couldn't hate condone that, if you couldn't hate Cohagen more. Yeah. Like, actually, you thought you couldn't hate him more. Then he gave you this line. Exactly. And then you're like, that's it. He's hit rock bottom. But then he takes that call from the uh, the guy who's like, hey, in one hour, all the people in Venusville are going to be dead. Sector G is bottoming out. Residents will be dead in an hour. Mm -hmm. And he says. Fuck him. <laughs> He's like, it'll be a lesson <laughs> to the rest of them. Oh, my God. Oh, this guy, Jesus man. Jesus, Cohagen. He is a bad. He's a bad guy. 
<laughs> You're not wrong. You want to argue with me on that point? No. I mean, we could, but that'd take a whole other episode. Okay. We don't have time. There's no time. So they're like, yeah, start the procedure, whatever, in, in full James Bond style. I'm going to leave now but, and yeah. assume that everything is fine. But Richter, like a good number two, stands behind and says, is he going to remember oh, any of this? Oh, shit. He says, yeah. are you going to remember any of this? And they're like, nah. And he just decks him while he's strapped in now, the chair. Now, he does set up the great line. He's like, oh, wait, I'm having a party at my house later yeah, on. Go ahead and invite Doctor, him. he's like, you know, remind him, remind uh, Hauser and Melina to stop by the party afterwards. And then uh, Richter turns and he's like, see you at the party and chuckles and they walk oh out. Oh my God. Beautiful. He's just absolute slime leaving the room. So the procedure starts. And it looks painful as shit. Yeah. It doesn't take long though before, of course, Hauser rips his shackle free. But I like the, the line from the, if you don't keep still, you'll end up psychotic. Like, <laughs> okay, fine. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do what I can to make that happen, guy. Right. He rips his shackle like right off of the device and it's got like a big metal pointy. No, it's got like a three inch like ship bolt like, yeah. sticking out of it, which he it, just it, hits this dude right in the throat, lodges the dude. Like in the throat. He yanks it out, I feel like, and there's like just blood spray everywhere. Just jugular shredded. That's pure Verhoeven style. And then the the next tech runs up and with that same metal cuff on, like dings that dude in the face and yeah. crushes his face. A guy comes running at him with like some type of a pipe or a tube. Well, by that time, to yeah, find he's, him. he's gotten, he's sort of gotten free at that point. Mm-hmm. He's, he's I think he's unhooked his him. leg. He's running up with, with some kind of implement, which, <laughs> which he grabs and shoves at an angle all the way through the dude's head. And the dude just kind of flails around with this thing sticking out both sides of his head. I, yeah, that they showed that was, I was like, it's wow. It's pretty gory. Whoa. I can only imagine the X-rated version. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he frees Melina. And she is she is immediately, instantaneously Team Quaid again. Well, it was kind of like, at first he's like, are you okay? Are you still you? And she's like, I don't know, honey. What do you think? Like playing the part of the, the Stepford right, wife. Right, right. And then she's like, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> of course she's Team Quaid. What? I mean... Was she going to be mad at him? Right. Yeah, anyway, you know, they don't have time to be mad at each other. We got to yeah. get out of here. They got bigger so fish to fry. They level some dudes in the hall, grab their guns, mm-hmm. jump on an elevator. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then we cut to a very interesting and unexpected scene. This ahead, is. Yeah, it comes kind of out of nowhere almost. Especially after the, the last like 15, 20 minutes of film. Mm-hmm. We see Cohagen and Richter in his office. Cohagen is like staring out at the surface of Mars. And Richter says, Richter's gotta, obviously pushing him. Like, he's like, you got to make a decision. Yeah. That, like what? I mean, what, do, what does it seem? Like? I don't even know. We don't know, but he's like, all right, kill him. Like, I guess there's no incentive to keep. I think he's I think, this Quaid slash Hauser alive. He's like, a liability at this point. It, well, he'll be a brain damaged individual. Like he could maybe switch back to being Quaid at any moment. Right. Like, do you think that there was something cut here? Maybe I don't know, but it is weird that after all his big talk about how much he loves Hauser and Hauser's my best buddy and all that, that he's like, oh, yeah, kill him, I guess. I guess kill him. Like you could have. It's weird that it you made that decision between the time they strapped him in the chair and, you know, now the time in your office, which is presumably a couple minutes later been five minutes ago. Absolutely. To which. But anyway, to which Richter responds, it's about goddamn time. Because Richter's been slathering for revenge this whole time. Now, I will say that regardless of Cohagen's decision, like, 
I feel like he had real affection for Hauser. No, I agree. I think that they yeah. were probably. It was a hard decision, friends, I guess. Like mentor and mentee. He kicks over his goldfish tank. And we see the poor goldfish lying on the floor gasping for air. Yeah. And then do we cut to Venusville at that point? Like we to show the right people back in Venusville? To section, uh, we cut right back to Sector G with people acting like goldfish. Exactly. So, uh, that's symbolism. Symbolism. Paral- <laughs> I don't know. Parallelism. Or very, or very awkward. Uh, parallelism. Heavy-handed parallelism. <laughs> I'm into it. It makes I, it, sense. It works. I feel bad for the This goldfish. is not an art house movie. No. Clearly. <laughs> Um, and we got Quaid and Molina. They're running through the tunnel system. She seems like she wants to go to Sector G. Yeah, they're about to split off. And he's like, no, no, we need to go this way. And she's like, what? what's over there? And he's like, we got to get to the pyramid mine and yeah, turn the rea- on the machine. We got to get to the reactor in the mines. And she's like, well, these people are about to die. And he's like, yeah, this, tur- this is the way. Turning on the machine is the only way to save this them. This is the best way to do uh-huh. it. Um, this machine makes air. He says, aliens built it. That's all we know for sure. And then they come to a dead end. Dead end yep. of the tunnel. Was, did this tunnel used to keep going? or I think that he had a memory of it keeping going. Or he knows because, it's just the right direction? I don't know. No, well, because then what happens? But wait, one of the labyrinth drills turns on, and there's fucking Benny. I can't Benny, see Benny at this he's point. going out of his way. Now he's doing more than he needs to do. I feel like he served his role. He's done what he was paid to do. Quaid. They didn't say, hey, wait in this tunnel hey, with Quaid. a drill to kill Quaid and Molina just in case. Benny's the name in case you forgot it. Yeah. You remember me? Benny. Benny is the name. He oh is loving the fact. Why is he mad at Quaid? I think he's just relishing the fact that he gets to finish it off, but no one is sure why. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. He grabs Quaid. Because he's doing that thing that you love where he is just, he is a villain to the core. He enjoys it. And he is enjoying, he is enjoying his moment in the spotlight. So he's going to run down Quaid and Molina. With a drool, with with a giant drill thing. And Quaid, in what seems like a futile gesture, he grabs this little handheld drill. Well, he knows his way around some power tools. That's true. We've already learned. And he sort of comes to attack the big drill, but he's like drilling into that, like the hydraulic line. Yeah, he drills into the hydraulic line, we guess, and sort, but he sort of disables the drill, not before it, like, they, it gets in a couple of nicks and scrapes on Molina. And yeah, Quaid. once he like fully severs that hydraulic line, basically the drill stops drilling. Yeah, and so... And Benny, Benny can't figure out why it's not working. And he's like, I gotta back this thing out, I guess. He's like, puts it in reverse yeah. or something to like back it up. Uh, and then... Arnold runs around the side. Of yeah, the he thing. comes around the side. He gives some great lines. He's like, Benny, here. <laughs> like, like, I guess here, let me give you this drill. But he's, you know, oh, he's going to give him the Jesus. drill. All right. No, he, he's, he's like drilling the through door. the door. Yeah, I think I can't even remember what Benny is protesting. Benny is like sitting there like freaking out. Ah, I think the, there's like yeah. sparks and carnage happening inside the thing. And then he looks up and sees the, the drill like it's coming through the, the door, coming through the door. And then Arnold hits him with another good one liner. Screw you Woof, guys. <laughs> you didn't. That one didn't do it I, for you. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Arnold goes to screenwriters at the beginning of the process of these things. And he's like, how many? More one-liners. <laughs> How many good lines after like, or before I kill? Script, and I only had two one-liners. I really need another. I need to. I need to. Before I put a drill through somebody, I like to give them a sick burn. Also, because that's <laughs> that's probably like his third or fourth. Yeah. Um, not, not counting. Well, maybe counting his ins- insults of people's physical deformities. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but thankfully. Benny with the big drill had knocked enough of a hole in the wall. And this is how we know that he 
feels like he was going the right direction because he says, I knew it. Okay. He says, I knew it. And then they enter the huge chamber where the so, machine is. So Cohagen must have blocked that end of the tunnel, presumably. Yeah. So that obviously he got yeah. down there. Um, I knew it. And yeah, we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we know you knew it. We had every faith that you did, <laughs> even though we can't even we can't trust anything you remember at this point. No. Um, <laughs> and then we get some exposition exposition about the machine. He explains like the 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 core of the planet is ice. It's a glacier. If we activate this thing, it's going to sublimate the ice is going to turn it straight into gas and it's going to provide oxygen right. for the we planet. Know we know the reactor is made of pure turbinium. turbinium yeah. It's going to heat up. We, we suppose melt the core and provide oxygen for the whole planet. Cohagen, the bastard wouldn't turn it on. And then they're like, well, hurry with the people of, of sector G only have a few minutes. And, and then they slowly walk do, off. Do, 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 just rolling <laughs> across the catwalk. Now, as they're sort of working their way, I guess, to the control center of the machine. Right. Richter and like an army of goons show up. Just like he right on cue. You think you brought enough guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> they all run in and Quaid and Molina are just like loping around. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then, so we see this like series of columns, <clears throat> Richter and soldiers are lying in wait for Quaid and Molina. And we get a bit of trickery. Yeah. Here. Quaid walks out right into like the crossfire. Right. And they are all emptying their guns. And then <laughs> I think Quaid goes to the ground. Yeah, he does. He falls. They like all stop shooting. Shot. And then he pops up and starts laughing. Ha 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 ha. And he sort of goes walking off. They're all confused as hell. And and it turns out that he more or less James Bonded them because oh, hell yeah. it's a fucking hologram. He had his hologram device he got earlier. I bet you forgot about that. Oh, my God. And Quaid just steps out from around a column and, like, mows them down. Yes. Just mows yep. these guys down. Shoots them all up. All, well, all he the- shoots down probably 20 guys right in that moment. But then we get a little more trickery because <laughs> now these guys are not sure what's real. We get another laughing Arnold. Yeah, we get a Quaid walks in among like three guys. And he's <laughs> sort of, ha, 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 ha. You, you think this is the real Quaid? It is. <laughs> bad ass. And I'm thinking to myself, like, bad guys, just shoot the hologram. Like, you've yeah. got nothing to lose by shooting at the hologram. You just make sure you've got no one behind, behind you. But then. Yeah. But then as if on cue, mm-hmm. two guys like mow each other down. Yeah. They basically take everybody out. He tosses the hologram over to Melina. Yeah. She uses it she to take some guys that's out. That's right. They, they right, shoot right. her, but they shoot each other. Now we see Richter's like on the run and Quaid chases him onto the elevator that's headed to the top. That's right. And they're fighting on the elevator a little bit. Richter gets a few good shots. This in. has been the showdown that's been building up since a couple of ever like, since he what, porked his wife. Scene. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> since since Ironside first came and uh, Quaid had just fled for the first time on mm-hmm. Earth in El Paso. So this is elevator fight. Yeah. Number two guy. Fight. You're finding the second best boss. That's right. So Quaid just, I feel like he just kicks the shit out of Richter. Richter got a few shots in, but yeah, he's no match for Quaid. I mean, look at Quaid. He's, right. a, he's a beast. I mean, do you not think that, I guess they're not trained the same. Mm-hmm. He sort of seemed like he popped his shoulder almost out of socket or something with one move. And then he sort of yeah. chucks him off the edge of the elevator. But Richter's hanging on to the he's edge. He's still able to hang on. Uh, <laughs> Quaid goes to sort of grab him, but I guess Richter gets a grab on him yeah, and sort of trying to pull him off the elevator. He's like, if I go, I'm taking you with me. But then he looks up. Oh, man. To see his doom approaching. Yeah. And uh, Quaid. Yeah, they can see that basically whatever's not in this elevator is about to be uh, severed, I right. guess. So he 
pulls. I love it. He grabs both. He arms. pulls Richter's arms back in. They come to the to the edge of the thing, and it just like severs Richter's arms. Poor screaming Richter's like falling into the abyss. Arnold's holding his two severed arms. He leans over the edge of the elevator, and he says, "See you at the party, Richter." Oh my god, uh, my favorite. Actually, that okay. That That's was... my favorite burn, dude. Yeah, I imagine. Is, poor... that, line, is that line your go robo for this movie? Yeah, see you at the. <laughs> Body Richter. Oh, dude. <laughs> Brutal. Imagine you're oh, Richter. You're still yes. falling to your death. You're missing two arms. And then you hear that. <laughs> to add insult to injury. I feel like Arnold chucked the two arms down oh, as yeah. well. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, love it. I love it because you love it so much. See you at the party, Richter. Oh, it's like such a great callback to such a innocuous line. It is. Yeah, and when that yeah when that happened relatively recently, it's like he but he's yeah. been stewing. Over oh, he's, he's like I can't believe he it. tried to say see Ooh, me at the party. Oh, what man. an asshole! Uh, when I when I kill him, that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, he's been planning this for, for <laughs> minutes, for literally like ten minutes only. 10 yes. Minutes. So Quaid makes it all the way up. Yeah, and he is in he's in the central control room, and we see the weird alien hand, mm-hmm. alien, just like from his vision. Yeah, we see the alien shaped handed indention in the middle of the thing. But who's there? But Cohagen. Yep, Cohagen. I don't know. It's I guess son of a makes bitch, sense that Cohagen. he's here, but he's basically he's like set up a bomb on the thing, and he's like we right. can't. He seems to truly believe yeah, that, like, sort of this panicky. device is going to maybe kill everybody. He's like, I'm telling you now, if you do this, we're all going to It's going to be like planetary meltdown. Right. And yeah. so he's like, fuck it. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to blow this thing up. And that's going to be the and I'll be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> like, is that your dinner? <laughs> well, How dude, are you living, Cohagen? Uh, well, I mean, Cohagen, you're like the richest dude on the planet and you're going to go home and have a bowl of cornflakes. But to each his own. I mean, cornflake. Maybe he cuts up some fruit in there. So maybe Melina sprinkles some sugar on top. Now Melina, just in the nick of time, arrives at the top as well. How did dinner? she get there? I'm concerned. Have you never eaten cereal for dinner? I probably have, but I'm also not the richest man on Mars. In the most powerful man in the universe, he, he, he has said himself. <laughs> yeah. He, he also says, "I'm the most powerful man in the universe. I can do whatever the fuck I want, including, to. including, <laughs> but not living cornflakes for dinner. He should have said that earlier. <laughs> I eat cornflakes for dinner every night if I want. He to. should have had a box of cornflakes <laughs> sitting on his desk. Just he has an unreasonable love <laughs> of cornflakes. It's just uh, like he's obsessed with cornflakes. So thankfully. To get us off the the cornflakes topic, Melina arrives at the top. Did she catch another elevator? She caught another elevator up. Okay. All right. <laughs> there was another elevator. She had to wait for a different service to come get her. Yeah, no. Yeah. And just she... Just time to shoot Cohagen. Just in the nick of time. Right. Uh, but he triggers the bomb anyway. That's right. And... Quaid grabs the bomb and he chucks it down a tunnel. Yeah, I I, I assume that I guess it's gone down like one of the columns, but or it, maybe it's a mine shaft because it does go down. I think it just makes a it makes it where they're no longer. It opens a hole up to the surface somewhere. Yes, yeah, because it turns into a vacuum again. Right. That's true. So yeah. we are we are close enough for them to have ruptured something to where they get sucked up and thrown onto the surface. I'm trying to think about the way that computes. I guess they just got sucked out through the side of the mountain or something. Yeah, right? that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. OK. Everyone's holding on for dear life. Right. Uh, Cohagen and, and Schwarzenegger Quaid right. wind up like side by side and he's trying to reach his hand to the device. 
Right. And Cohagen's still like pleading with him. Don't yeah. do it. You're going to kill us all. And Cohagen's got that weird like tongue thing happening. Where it's like. Ah, so at ah. this point, if he's still arguing, like, don't turn the machine on. Yeah. I'm he, thinking he actually does believe he's that he's legitimately afraid that, that Mars is just going to explode and they're all going to die. Exactly. So Arnold, he takes his hand and he flings him off. He's like, down. Okay, I'll take my chances. Later, Cohagen. Right. So he tosses him. Cohagen gets sucked out into the Mars like mountainside. Tumbling, <laughs> tumbling down the Martian. And is immediately like, like suffocating and his eyes are starting to bug out and all that. Ooh, like just what we saw in the opening scene to yeah, the movie. It is. It looks like a rough way to die. Absolutely. And we see Quaid reaching, reaching, yep, yep. reaching, turns, activate. Turns Green on lights. the machine. And then both he and Melina, I think in that moment, get sucked out as well. The green light means on. And the machine cranks. <laughs> yeah. You hear it. It comes to awesome. life. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, it would have been a total bummer if it just didn't work. It would have been awesome if it made the Millennium Falcon noise. <laughs> 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 so we got uh, we got Quaid and Melina get sucked out, though, but we, as well. They start freaking out. Well, but I think the machine turns on and then we cut, it is back, running, yeah. we cut back to Cohagen dying in excruciating oh, death. Oh, my gosh. They his keep, eyes have fully keep, popped out. They keep cutting back and like back and forth from the machine then Quaid and Molina get sucked out then back to Cohagen and by the like the third time they've cut back to Cohagen it's like his skin has stretched he looks like his head is he's like about forced. to explode fully yeah. the, and, but the eyes come out and you see like the optic nerve like attached to them yeah. like they fully distended from the skull or extended from it's the totally skull. awful so we know oh. if this machine's not working that's going to be Quaid and Molina in I a have, matter of seconds I have ad, as vivid memory of that as I do of the Nazis turning to mush in Raiders. Really? And, and as a, of Donovan sort of decaying, Aging. decaying yeah. at the end of uh, Last Crusade. It's that same kind of movie magic. I love that. I love okay. that You love so seeing much. the baddie go in a, in a yeah, horrible way. In dramatic fashion like that. I like it. But then, yeah, then we see the same thing is starting to happen to our hero and heroine. And yeah, like there now we do have gas or oxygen billowing out of the mountain. Yeah, we see. But I love the I love the the mechanics of the machine. We see the things heating up, mm-hmm. like heating up as they're lowering, and then that contact they with dump the into the ice. Yeah, and it's just like instantly steam. Yeah, just start shooting out of oxygen yeah. geysers, shooting out onto the surface. Now it 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 comes down the mountainside. It hits all the like the various areas of Mars City or whatever this right. is, and like breaks the domes. Yeah, the dome has been shattered. You can see. Everyone's in a big panic in all the yeah. sectors. It's a lot of glass to be broken for people to not have just been ripped to shreds during this. Whole <laughs> I, thought, I thought the same when the glass was flying. I'm like, how many people just got like horribly cut? Yeah. But, you know, it, it saves. It's for the greater good. That's right. Um, what if the machine just like Cohagen thought just really had killed everybody? That'd be a hell of an ending. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> and then you sort of. The like, end. But the thing is, is that like. Quaid's in such agony, he wouldn't even know it, right? He wouldn't mind. He wouldn't even he wouldn't even know it. And then so yeah, the the dome's getting broken open. No one appears to have been killed by glass. We see a never-ending story type effect right above the mine. Like clouds are starting to form yeah, in like the sky and stuff. swirling in the in the sky. And uh, the people of Venusville are saved. That's right. They start to breathe, they all start to sort of revive. Yeah, Mars suddenly has an atmosphere. And the sky time. turns blue. It's kind of awesome. I kind of love that. Yeah, I yeah. do love it. And you, you see, yeah, you see people sort of taking their first steps out into a bigger world. Yeah, 
is awesome. You've just taken your first step into a larger world. Just taking your first step into a much larger world. <laughs> and then and then we get Quaid and Molina at the top of the hill against what is definitely fake. It's really fake like background. blue screen, green screen, whatever. And I'm wondering, because you and I, we talked about this. Like, why didn't they shoot that in a real Go to Utah or somewhere. And, yeah. Or but, Arizona and shoot it. But then... But then they they exchange this kiss. Well, so Quaid says, I just had the worst thought, like, what if this is all just a dream? Oh, shit. And she's like, well, you better kiss me quick before you wake up. And they go for that sweet kiss. And there's like a strange lens flare and like the sort of twinkling music that is dreamlike. Yeah. And then it's a fade to white, not black for whatever difference that makes. Which I was just was like the sun's shining brighter on Mars. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. I mean, I know Verhoeven is on record as saying in his mind, the whole thing is a dream, is a dream that Quaid never left recall. Right. And that that fade to white is like him being lobotomized. And it was at that point, ladies and gentlemen, that this movie took a whole different turn for me. I was like, what yeah, the fuck. And so that makes. So I you even, always just took it at face value. I did. But then that sort of makes me think that maybe you don't shoot that last scene against a backdrop because you don't want it to look real. You kind of want it to look mm. like you kind of want it to look. Well, I used to always be fully on board that it was real. But then the more I've been watching it and thinking about it, there's just so many things that happen that are exactly the way a cheesy story would be laid out. Like just when you need help, the phone rings and there's help there. Or just when you're about it is so you get to the hotel and all you've got is a a flyer for the thing. It's like the way a cheesy those mystery dinner games are played. Exactly. It is. And when you look at it in that context, it, yeah, all of those things immediately become a lot more clear. And the fact that on multiple occasions, people would predict exactly what was going to happen the rest of the way. So then... All right. You don't have to agree with me. No, I'm just saying. So then do you think that the whole scene with um, Edgemar and Lori... I think that was legit. Like, I think they were really at recall trying to bring him out. And he chose to stay in the dream. And honestly, staying in that reality for him seems like better, a better choice, even if it is a dream, than 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 going back to his life with Sharon Stone if he wasn't happy. Yeah. So you think that Sharon Stone was his was some poor Schmo Quaid's like real wife. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd go back to I Sharon think, Stone, I think, if it was me. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, you could always yeah, you could always come out and be like I have something to tell you. I'm into brunettes. <laughs> so color your hair, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be an attractive brunette. She'd be an attractive anything. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's incredible. Um, but no, I think, I think reasonable minds can differ on it. Cause no, I, th- I think that it makes complete sense. I might now flip, going back, I might flip back to thinking it's all real again with a few more watches. Yeah. It's but, just but it, I, I the think, movie I think, walks that line so well. I think that it makes it makes total sense the way it is because again we come back to so much of the dialogue that was written that is so great. Of course, 
Arnold says so many of those one-liners because wouldn't you want to keep saying ridiculously cool shit in your dream? Like everything that yeah. I say is hysterical. Everything that I say is like some motion picture like, one-liner. What have you been feeding this thing? Blondes. Oh like, my God. Yeah. He's got a line ready to go for any situation. It's almost um, like you, you kind of half expect <laughs> everyone to turn around and look at the camera and go, oh yeah. Yeah. I think Verhoeven <laughs> says in his mind, everything up until he goes in the recall chair and builds the woman and starts to drift off. That is real. Right. And then everything after that, the, the whole freak out at recall, everything on is the, is the ego trip fantasy merging into like the schizoid embolism. You know, you can make what you want of it. It's totally a Blade Runner ending. And that makes me want to read the story. Yeah. I think the story is not very much at all like the movie. No, but I'm wondering if just the ending of it is where, Mm. where you're sort of left to think, is anything that happened real or did it all happen to that guy? This head? movie is pretty incredible. It's super ambitious. Yeah. I would like, say so. I um, remember when it first came out. It was like a passion project for Arnold. Like apparently they say the script had been sort of bouncing around Hollywood for like a decade. And it was one of these that was considered like, this is going to be really hard to make. Like it's, it's a big budget movie. It's going to require a lot of money to realize it. Um, but no one wanted Arnold like it was a so Dino Dino De Laurentiis owned it for the longest time and he kept trying to do it apparently he tried to make the movie with Richard Dreyfuss in the role in the in the Quaid role with Jeff Bridges Patrick Swayze Matthew Broderick like that in that version of the script the Quaid character was like an accountant Right. And he was just very bored with his boring life. So I'm wondering if that's more like lined up with the book. They said it was going to yeah, probably yes. And just that he was going to be sort of a, a milk toast. Right. Like in effect, ineffective guy. Right. Who goes into, you know, and that it was going to be more like a mystery than an action film. Which could have also been good. Yeah, I think... I never saw the remake of Total Recall. Did you, the Colin Farrell? I did not. I'm interested now to see it, to see... I wonder if they went the action route or more the cerebral route. If it's more like a Blade Runner thing than it is, like, the action-adventure movie. I tend to try to avoid movies that I feel like are gonna take some of the, the luster off of things that I really liked growing up. My, you only, know? my only question would be, do they make, do they make more of like that, that aspect of it? And also I'm also thinking like, what if Verhoeven had just been like, he decided to end it with a lobotomized Schwarzenegger being wheeled into some. Room. Oh, that would have been like the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. ending. Yeah, exactly. Like wheeling, <laughs> him, wheeling him into a room full of comatose. People. Oh man, that'd be pretty sweet actually. Yeah. It'd be amazing if they had shot that just yeah. to see it as a deleted scene. I was scene. just thinking like, or just wheeled into a room in a chair. Dudes are like in formaldehyde jars or oh, something. No, just as a vegetable. Yeah. He's just sitting oh, in there. That's brutal. Sad. With Sharon Stone just holding his hand. But I guess the story is like that. So Dino De Laurentiis had the own the rights. He had the script, but he couldn't get it off the ground. And his company was in trouble. Right. And Arnold, who had a relationship with Dino from the Conan movies. Right. Says, you know, he goes to this Coralco company and says, hey, buy, you know, see if he'll sell the Total Recall rights to you. They did. And 
Arnold uh, wanted it to be a vehicle for himself. He handpicked Verhoeven right. to direct it. like As you do. I would. And it's a brilliant, like, Arnold, he doesn't register as, like, the most intelligent guy, but he's clearly a very intelligent dude. He it's is. just the accent and the, and the bulkiness you know, of you, him. If you read his like any of his biography yeah. material, like talking about how he was a millionaire. He was a millionaire through his own business savvy before he was a millionaire from his movie earnings. Yeah. He, no, he, he made something of himself and he knew. Yeah. He's, he's a American brilliant. Dream. He's, he's a American dream. He came from wherever he came from, right? Austria, Austria a military brat to the governor of the richest state in the, in the richest country. It's a wild story. By way of being, a you wouldn't believe the story if someone pitched you that. No, you're like, yeah, they're gonna elect this immigrant to be their governor, mm-hmm. who's also just a big action movie star. So I want to, I want to. Oh wait, so, and a Republican in a right. in a blue blue state. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we were talking about the budget for this. It was sixty five million dollars. Mm. Right. Okay, that's hella expensive. And grossed 119 million in the U.S. Mm-hmm, pretty good, and 142 worldwide. Yeah, so it was a big money maker. It really catapulted Arnold to greater heights. Of just thinking, about it got him off of like the Commando and right, Red exactly. Heat, and into like big budget blockbusters. Yeah, I think he showed more range. I think even in this one, he shows some like humor chops. Yeah, yeah, he shows the ability to hang. Yeah, with with. with some heavies, like some well-recognized actors like mm-hmm. Sharon Stone, yeah. Ronnie Cox. I think, yeah, no, he's, this is one of his better parts, one of his better roles. He's incredible for me yeah. in this. And he looks great. He he wears the hell out of, like, the role. He just plays the role well. Yeah, no, I, and God, I just, I can't get over the fact that he's, like, handpicked this, that he recognized this would be a good vehicle for him right and he sort of pulled all of the strings that he could pull and he made it happen for himself like in in today's world he'd probably also have been an executive producer on the thing because he it sounds like he did all the things that a producer does which is just making shit happen right um but you know at that in that era i don't think he had enough clout to say i also want to be a producer good for arnold yeah yeah, no, he's awesome. This led to even bigger and better things yeah. for him in his Talk career. Somebody that just willed himself. He willed yes. his destiny. He was. He said, "I'm going to make this happen." And yeah, watch, watch me do it. Yeah, no one can stop me. And and he's. That's why he is the icon. That's right, the icon of the genre, dude. It's been a ton of fun going through this with you. This has been. It's been a ton of fun visiting you here in steamy, humid Houston. Oh my god. Well, and the next time I'll visit you in Atlanta. Yeah, we'll go stopping grounds. Yeah, we'll go do a tomahawk chop. (laughs) The Braves are in town to die. (laughs) I love it. All right, we will be back with something else fresh for you soon. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in with us, you guys. Check us out. You guys like Total Recall? Yeah, we'll be around with the the Facebook, the the Twitters, and the Instagrams. I suppose. That's right. Check us out. Um, We should record a more upbeat ending as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back guys we'll be back check it out all right it's been real <laughs> high five high five brother